C. Johnson. Kobe White pull up three over Karis LeVert and nails it. Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Give me that Covering everything from the dynasty to DeMar. K.C. Johnson. I've covered the NBA for a long time. With Mullene Haw. Bulls. 70 the score. You know that that intro for our next guest, Casey Johnson. If you're looking for the alliteration, covering everything from the dynasty to Dollybor to Demar. Oh wow, strong D alliteration right, right there, right, Casey? Derek's for- in there too. We forgot Dollybor. Derek, Derek, Derek. What's the matter with you, Rosamund? Well, I had the Dollybor. We needed to address the dynasty and then the dump. And that's where we were. Dalibor Bagarich spelled backwards is Valerie Zella Pukin. Yeah. Yes. There you go. That's it. Casey Johnson joins us on the score. Rosenblum and Grody, we are in for Molly and Ha. Casey joins us on the Signature Bank score hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. So we've done everything in talking about last night's game. And I have no idea. Where would you start with last night's hmm. game in this win? In overtime, the Bulls win 119-113 against the Bucks. Where would you start with this, Casey? Um, I would start with you got to beat the Pistons on Friday. I mean, I, I've, <laughs> seen, I've, I've seen this movie before mm. where you, you beat a good team and you show a lot of good signs while doing so, and then you come out and, you know, lay an egg against a team that – on paper, you should beat. So that's what I wrote in, our, in a column that's going to be posted soon to our website. I mean, you know, you, 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 I've heard I've heard these same post game quotes come off come out of the Bulls locker room after big wins, and then I've seen bad habits revert. So come out and play that hard in the first quarter against the Pistons, and then I'll take big, larger significance from it. I'm not trying to downplay the victory. It was an amazing victory, uh, most particularly from the fortitude that they showed being down 11 with two and a half left and, and making every big play down the stretch. So, and I do also think we can get into some big picture significance of how well they have played against the good teams this season. Um, if they do end up making the playoffs, which is a big if at this point. Um, so, but th- that's, that's my biggest takeaway. You got, you got to, you got to play as hard as you did down the stretch and in overtime uh, in the first quarter against the Pistons on Friday. Amen. And yeah, the Bulls are five and one against the, the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. And Casey, there were so many terrific individual moments in the game last night. And I thought it was perfect that it was not only DeMar DeRozan making the key baskets in the game, you know, the 42 points, 10 in overtime, but the steal of Giannis's inbound intended um, for Allen, for Grayson Allen, hits I.O. for the dunk to make it 106-106 in overtime. To see that defense out of DeMar DeRozan was great because we don't usually see that. I thought that that was the, the, the key play of the game, and, and there was a lot of really good plays. No question, and the anticipation to make that steal. And then not only that, as you guys saw, the athleticism to stay in balance because he was right along that sideline. Um, and then to you know have the presence of mind to, to see a streak in I.O. And, and hit him for the dunk. Fantastic play on, on all accounts. Um, you know, DeMar actually had a very good defensive game up in Milwaukee uh, as well when they beat him up there right before Thanksgiving. Took a couple charges against Giannis, was very engaged defensively. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he made – not only did he score 10 in overtime, he also had the assist to Vooch for the three. So he had, yes. a, he had a hand in all 13 points of the scored in overtime. So, I mean – 
DeMar's amazing. I mean, he's he's a high-level basketball player, professional scorer. And, yeah, to, to make the impact with that play defensively was, was nice to see as well. Our guest is Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago, is where you'll find him writing about the Bulls. And you he will be following up last night's epic comeback and looking ahead to the Pistons. So it looks like the Bulls are going to get some help in the Pistons. I, I assume there will be suspensions from the little Caesar's malice, whatever was going on up there. <laughs> that was pretty messy and dangerous. The It looked like Mo Wagner was unconscious. I mean, it, he certainly was not silly, and the Pistons would certainly seem to be in line for some suspensions. So if you can consider it a good win when the Bucks are missing Middleton and Holiday, you can consider it a good win when the Pistons are missing players as well because of suspension. You, you'll take anything you can get with this team right now, right? Anything that yeah. strings together momentum? Yeah, and, and mostly because it comes down to how the Bulls are playing. I mean, obviously, I, the scoreboard is important, but I, I watch style of play, and that's what you know Billy always talks about, standard of play. Pistons, obviously, also without Cade Cunningham, previously lost to an injury. So and this is a this is an opportunity, and um, especially because the Friday begins a set of back-to-back games. They've got the Cavaliers at home on, on New Year's Eve on, on Saturday. Mm. But that that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like to me, obviously the opponent, you know, plays a factor and the scoreboard is important, but I, I, I'm watching how they play. And what I saw in the first quarter against that Houston team on Monday was just a, a team that was unprepared to play and that was easing into a game. And, you know, I didn't just see it. The players said as much in post game, you know, Zach Levine. We they played harder than us. Um, DeMar DeRozan, we can't ease our way into games. I mean, the Bulls' margin of error is not large. So, And look, I understand it's unrealistic probably to play all 48 minutes of all 82 games at the intensity level that they did to come back against the Bucks and in overtime, but you can certainly play at a higher intensity level than what occurred in the first quarter of that Houston game. So that's what I'm going to be watching on Friday, regardless of who's out there for the Pistons, is how, how seriously do the Bulls Take that game, take that opponent, and take that first quarter. Talking Bulls with Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago about the Bulls' 119-113 win over the Bucks in overtime. Yeah, they they won that game. And Casey, I was following you in real time on Twitter, piecing together the evidence on the, the Grayson Allen play last night. And you know, after sleeping on it and writing about it and talking about it, what what is your reaction to what Grayson Allen did and the, the well, it wasn't even I was going to say a hard foul. It wasn't even called a foul when he put the forearm out on DeRozan after he got pushed or fouled by Patrick Williams. Yeah, really, the only significant takeaway I have from it because um, you know Grayson Allen is who he is at this point. It's pretty well documented. Is Demar's reaction? I mean, Demar does not react like that very often. He, he, he's a very even keeled, pretty mellow guy. I mean, he'll pick up a tech occasionally John with a ref over a foul call, but in terms of, you know, how he interacts with other players, he's, he's a pretty chill guy. Always has been. He talks about maintaining that, you know, even keeledness, And that's why he's got that calmness down the stretch of the fourth quarter. So for DeMar to, for DeMar to react that way and, Admitting post game, he he reacted that way because it was Grayson Allen. To me, is significant um, because at least it shows 
some recognition, some awareness, a pulse to, to the situation that happened last year with with um, Alex Caruso, where, where Gleason obviously had that horrific cheap shot and, and knocked Alex out for you know months. Um, so I, in that regard, I, I respect it. I like it. Um, I'd like to see more of it uh, from the Bulls because it, to me, shows a care factor and a, and a toughness. Um, but as far as the play, I mean, you know, it's pretty simple. I mean, Patrick clearly fouled him, and Grayson Allen clearly stumbled, and then from my feet, clearly exaggerated probably the follow through to knock into Demar. Um, so, but it, as far as all the physicality part of it, it was pretty minor on the on the grand scheme of things. So, I just focused on Demar's reaction more than anything else. What will you say when Grayson Allen becomes a bull? <laughs> I'll say. Uh, I covered Dennis Rodman, so I understand. <laughs> See, every we were talking earlier, every generation of Bulls fans gets their Bill Lane beer or Dennis Rodman, and it happens yeah. to be Grayson Allen right now. Yeah, that would be pretty funny, man. He, I'll tell you what, I mean, he killed the Bulls in the playoffs last year, and he had, he had a big shot last night in, over to, in regulation that I thought was going to be a dagger shot, and the Bulls had that comeback, and then he missed a couple in overtime that were pretty open looks. But uh, can you imagine if he had – hit the dagger in another win uh, uh, last night after that happened, that would have just been just been tough to watch as a Bulls fan. You know, it, it, Giannis is just unbelievable to, to watch, Casey. Is there anybody more interesting or better at weaving through an entire team to get to the basket without charging necessarily and then, then, then just doesn't even matter if he's that close to the basket and dunking? How do you describe the powers of Giannis? Because that guy is just unbelievable. Yeah, uh, quick shout out. Uh, our I take our we have two teenage boys, and they come to one game a year, and they 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 luckily pick the most exciting game of the year because my younger guy is a, is a big Giannis fan. So it's funny you bring up Giannis. Um, so they're they're watching last night and enjoying that performance um, in person. Uh, what I would say is he slightly reminds me in in prime of LeBron. He's a little bit bigger, obviously, but people forget how, how strong and how much of a locomotive LeBron is. Uh, I mean, still, obviously, but more so in his prime. But, I mean, there was one drive, you know, I sit next to Joe Cowley from the Sun-Times on, on Press Row, and there's one drive we just looked over, over each other and just said, I mean, what do you do there? I mean, yeah. he literally drove full head of steam, three guys collapsed on him, um, and from the elbow to the rim, all three guys had their hands up and he just kept, you know, contorting and driving and pushing and you're either going to follow him or get dunked on. And it's just, I don't know what you do. And I actually thought it sounds crazy for his stat line. Well, I mean, if you look at his shooting percentage, this, this comment has merit. I actually thought Patrick Williams did a pretty good job on him because he made him, work for stuff he made him go to counters he made him use a spin move but look there's there's no answer for that dude and i've always said i love watching greatness i always have i felt privileged to to get to cover jordan for a few seasons and i mean that's greatness right there and uh man what a player no question we're talking with Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago. We're doing it here on The Score, Rosenblum and Grody. We are in for Molly and Haw on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. So the, the, the play, there was a play that I didn't think would have 
it would be the kind of thing that Eddie Olchek would have said, circle this play. You never know. Remember this play. It might come back. It might be the difference in the game. When De- DeRozan took a charge against Giannis, it sh- okay, it it only looks, only I go back to it now only because they won because it was DeRozan and what happened with him and, and Allen and everything. But that I don't know if that smacks of anything that Billy Donovan was looking for among his big three, any of his big three, all of his big three. To take a charge from that guy, as Mark, you and Mark were discussing, of this locomotive charging down, and it it you it looks like certain death. I thought that it turned out to be really important. I don't know that I noticed it, other than kudos for your bravery and your courage at that moment. Did that stand out to you, or only in hindsight? No, it stood out to me because, as I mentioned previously, he did it twice up in the game in Milwaukee right before Thanksgiving. So. You know, that's what I mean. I mean, DeMar's never going to – I mean, DeMar is who he is at this stage of his career. He's never going to be a plus defender. But he certainly um, got a high enough basketball IQ to make impact defensive plays, um, you know, at important times or, you know, even in times like that. But, I mean, it goes back to what Mark was saying about the steal. I mean, that was that was complete to me, basketball IQ. I mean, he just anticipated. He read the play. Um so, you know, the fact that he's given you anything defensively uh, is is a bonus. And, yeah, I mean, I do think there's some symbolism to, you know, Billy keeps kind of calling out on the big three to make the, the big plays. And that's, you know, who has to lead this team. It's There's no question about that. And, look, guys, particularly, you know, for anybody to making – for anybody to be making impact defensive plays on a night you're missing Alex Caruso is significant because – you know, he obviously represents your best defensive option, your most physical player. Um, and I know, you know, just small talking with him, I know how much it hurt him to miss this game because he lives for these kind of – I mean, he lives – he, he hates, hates to miss any game, but these, these are kind of matchups that he really thrives on. So there's significance in, on that level as well. And then we saw, and I guess this is maybe a result in part of Caruso not being there. We saw Dale and Terry getting some key moments last night and just kind of bouncing all over the place, ending up in the front row at one point in time. What did you make of him getting key mo- uh, moments in that game, and what did you think of his game? Uh, what you said, uh, flying around. <laughs> <laughs> he just bounces, man. He's like a Super Bowl I, I, out there. I, yeah, I didn't see a lot of... Uh basketball acumen i saw a lot of energy so okay. <laughs> fair enough uh, fair enough and uh that that was a reflection of the kobe injury um which okay. uh okay. Beat, beat writers uh beat writers taking one uh owning one uh, in the in the mayhem of the post game and the nuttiness of the win i i and the beat failed to ask billy donovan about kobe's status post game so i'm not sure the significance of that injury i will say he left after a six-minute stint, and I actually went back to grab some water, and I saw him running in the hallway. So he, he at least was testing the left leg that, that knocked him out for man of that game. So hopefully, if you're a Bulls fan, that's a that's a sign that's not anything significant or long-term because he was running on the leg, uh, but he did have to leave after uh, a six-minute stint in the first first half. Mark Grody, if you follow our guest Casey Johnson on Twitter, I do, and you do. And you notice he has a predilection for something that I think I find this so amusing in light of Luka Doncic's 60-20-10. 
Nobody had ever done that, right? 60 points. And he, I love when he said, I need a beer. After his post-game interview, I need a beer. He looks like he needs a beer. Well, see, what Casey Johnson loves to do is when DeRozan, we talked about what a remarkable career, what he's shown Bulls fans, right? If it's like 35 and 5 and he's done that, say, four times. I'm just making numbers up now, mm-hmm. but it's that kind of list. And it would be second most in Bulls history to Michael Jordan, who would have done it like 300 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In one recent tweet, Casey said, I run these just so I can show you how far, what Jordan did by comparison. And there was one of those, Casey, right? It was like Jordan did something 300 times that we were marveling over DeMar doing it five times. So Yeah, I love, I love those lists, yep. Well, here's one that kind of in reverse. Six players have had 60 60 plus 60 point plus games in NBA history. And the list goes Elgin Baylor with three and Damian Lillard with three. Then there's Michael Jordan with four. So Jordan's not in a spot on this list. You might think, which makes it even better when in KC's world, James Harden's done it four times, multiple 60 point games. Kobe Bryant did it six times. Wilt Chamberlain did it 32 times. <laughs> and there's, there's a Casey Johnson list. You run that number just to blow up the whole thing, to show somebody like that. And I wanted to read that while you were on the air. I was thrilled we had you today. So there you go. Jordan got one up in, in the list that I usually do uh, by, by Wilt, right? Yeah, right. So right. That's it. Yeah, and you're, that's and, good stuff. And you're watching this, and speaking of, you know, and and getting you can be spoiled by this whole thing when in in watching that and it what Demar's doing. You're not allowed to use the the MJ word, but willing a team to victory was always what Michael needed to figure out what he needs to do, and then he went and did it. And there's such a large stripe of that. But for a guy with a game that's more fit for the 1970s than now, it either makes it more amazing or it makes the Bulls fundamentally unsound or ill-equipped to win a title. I don't know where you want to go with that, but I'm throwing it I would go with, there. Yeah, I would go with the latter. And, and quick, I don't know how much time we got left, uh, but I'll, I'll say this. Uh, it's funny you bring that up because um, on the one hand, I, I obviously – love to watch greatness and I love the will to win stuff. And I, I asked Demar about Luca's game last night because he had tweeted about it the previous night and Demar gave a very eloquent answer because he is the other reason I knew I could ask Demar about Luca's because Demar is very much a fan of the game on his off nights. He sits around and watches NBA basketball. He's an old school guy that way. And he gave a very eloquent answer about that. But the, the theme of it was will to win. So on the one hand, you got to respect that, but on the other hand, you know what Luca did for that Dallas team and what Demar did for the Bulls team—that stuff, that stuff isn't sustainable unless you're Jordan, <laughs> because it was sustainable <laughs> if you're Jordan. But like, I, I asked it, the reason why this is significant is I asked Billy pregame last night, and this—I'm not trying to like be critical of Demar, but the Bulls are two, were two and nine going into last night in games he scored thirty or more points. Um, they're now three and nine. It's not a knock against DeMar. What it is is, you know, subscribing to Billy's theory that they need more balance. They need less hero ball. They need more kind of team balance scoring to be at their optimal offensively. And 
So on the one hand, while it's great, you know, DeMar does this and the will to win fantastic. You know, on the other hand, I think ideally what you want to see is just, you know, more balance. And um, DeMar can't play the hero every time is, I guess, where I'm, where I'm going with this. And it was fun to see it last night, and you respect it when it happens, but um, he, can't, he can't do it all the time. All right, if they're going to suck, at least be entertaining, and they're entertaining. Okay, good. KC, thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago.